Hello once again, and welcome to the Daily Run, the Run of the Mills podcast, as we roam through Romans, and we are on episode 170, and we are talking about controversy within the church, and this is something that uh, happens, and it will happen, it will continue to happen, and God has warned us that it would happen, so don't be shocked when it does happen. In fact, your faith should be strengthened because you will see that God does what he says, and says what he does, and what God warns us about uh, happening. And it, when it happens, we can go like, hey, God warned us about this. We should not be shocked by it. And controversies happen in the church, and they happen about all sorts of crazy stuff. I've seen controversies uh, over snacks for kids. I've seen controversies over locks on doors. I've seen controversies over pews versus chairs. I've seen controversies about hymnals versus words on a wall. Uh, I've seen controversies about instruments being played. I've seen controversies about the types of instruments being played. I've seen controversies about the volume of the instruments that are being played. I've seen uh, controversies about the way people dress. I've seen controversies about people's hair. I've seen controversies about people's shoes or lack of shoes. I've seen uh, controversies about uh, how people um, behave. <laughs> I've seen controversies about what people eat, what people put into their bodies, um, uh, what how people mark their bodies, how people uh, adorn their bodies, all sorts of controversies. And those are just the ones that I've seen that were off the top of my head. Oh, I've seen controversies about how money is spent. I've seen controversies about um, how children are dealt with. I've seen, I could go on and on. Um, now, does this mean I don't want to be involved with church? No. I mean, there have been times where I was like, forget it, these people are nuts. But no, I mean, that's the, the thing is that it's it's people and people are messy and people are not all walking in mature faith and there are people that are passionate about things there are people that have uh giftedness and sometimes when you are gifted in an area it is very hard to understand people who don't understand the gifting and calling upon your life and i've heard plenty of people in the past that talked badly about people in the church because the people in the church weren't getting behind the vision that they had for the church um, I have been come. I I've been frustrated with people in church because I had a vision for what I thought the church should go. And for me in particular, one time I was very frustrated with my church um, because I had a vision for the church, uh, only to realize later that the vision I had for a church wasn't for that church. It was for a different church. And um, the people from that other church definitely got the vision and um, and embraced it. And we were able to do some cool stuff. So anyway, understand this about the church, that the church is full of flawed people and be careful about getting to that place of judgmental and, and, con, uh, and condemnation. We talked a lot about, um, about judging last time. We might talk about more about that next time as well. Uh, but we've been talking about different issues and how, um, you know, we talked about lust and we talked about, um, Food, and we've talked about um, instruments and music and things like that. 
And so Paul is going to talk about in verse five about another controversy that um, that was apparently um, an area of uh, dispute. And he was telling them, like, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. So he's talking about those things that would be considered doubtful things, those things that um, are not the black and white things in the Bible, but the gray area stuff. So he says in verse five, I told you we're going to get to verse five. So here we go. Verse five. He says, one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And so there are those people that are very much like Sunday is the Sabbath, which first of all, technically speaking, it's not. The Sabbath would be um, Friday sundown until Saturday sundown. Um, what we would call Saturday, that's the Jewish Sabbath. And they would say, well, no, this is the Christian Sabbath. The Christian Sabbath is Sunday. And then the people that believe in the Jewish Sabbath will then say, well, wait a minute. When did God change the Sabbath? Well, God didn't change the Sabbath. Well, then why do you worship on Sunday? Well, we worship on Sunday because that's what we see in the book of Acts and in the early church. Um, they were they would meet on Sunday. Part of that to differentiate themselves from the meetings at the synagogue um, on Saturday. Uh, but it was they met on the first day of the week, which they would often call the Lord's Day because Jesus rose on the first day of the week. Um, it is the first day instead of the seventh day. The seventh day was the day of rest. The first day was the day of beginnings, right? So oftentimes um, you see the number eight throughout the Bible kind of being that picture of new beginnings. Uh, David's the eighth son of Jesse, and he becomes that new king uh, from a new line, a different kind of king. And so we meet on the first day of the week, or you might say the what would be the eighth day, the day after the Sabbath, because that's the day of new beginnings and we are walking in newness of life and it's a new covenant and such. But all that to say that uh, one person might esteem one day above another and they say, well, I believe in keeping this Sabbath day holy because that's one of the commandments. Um, and we could talk a whole lot about do we still keep the Sabbath um, or do we not without going into a bunch of detail uh, personally, I think that there is an excellent principle there. I don't think that we need to have a law that I must keep the Sabbath day holy. And you would say, you might say, well, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Yes, um, but it's one that's not repeated by Jesus. Um, did Jesus keep the Sabbath? Yeah, he did. Um, and, of course, there were those times where he healed people on the Sabbath and the Pharisees freaked out and wanted to kill him because they said that's work. But clearly healing people is not work for him. Uh, but long and the short of it is this. I think it's an important principle, and I see a lot of people burn themselves up because they don't rest. They don't stop and slow down and say, you know what, there's so much to do, but I'm going to rest today. See, because resting is a faith step, because when God says to the people of Israel, I want you to rest, and not just rest from your work for one day. But remember every seventh year, they were to let the land rest. And so here's the, here's the thing that makes it hard for a lot of people, right? If you work six days a week and you make $100 a day, you make $600 in a week. But if you work $700, 700 out, 
I'm messing up my illustration. If you work seven days a week and you make $100 a day, well, then you make $700 in a week. And then you have $100 more a week, $400 more a month, which is, what is that? $4,800 more a year. And so financially, by working more, there's the possibility of making more money. And oftentimes, our struggle in this life is trusting in God to be our provider and not trusting in our money. And there are all sorts of people that work so much harder to get more money because that is going to offer them a level of comfort and security. By having more, they have comfort and security. Rather than saying my comfort and my security comes from my God, and if I have or if I have not, my comfort and security doesn't change because it comes from him. He is my comforter. He is my security. He is the one I am entrusting with my future. And taking a rest day, even when you could make money that day, is a good practice. Just like tithing is a good practice. I don't believe tithing is something in the New Testament we see that we are commanded to do. We are told we should bring our offerings to the Lord, whatever we have purposed in our heart to bring. Um, but again, it is a, it's that faith step of saying, God, I'm trusting in you to provide for my needs. I'm not trusting in putting in the extra hours, um, an extra day of the week. I'm going to trust that you're going to provide and I'm going to rest. Because God's about hard work, but God is also about rest. And I praise God for that because, you know what, rest is a good thing. Rest is a good thing. Don't feel guilty when you take a day and you say, I'm not going to do anything today. Now, there are those people that are very, very much about it has to be this day of the week. We need to meet on Sunday or we need to meet on Saturday. And to those people, I say, great. And to those people who say, you know what, I worship God every day. I'm going to spend time with him every day. I'm going to make my life about him every day. To those people, I say, great. If you esteem one day above the other, if you say this is a special and holy day, Easter Sunday is a special and holy day, Christmas is a special and holy day. If you want to do that, that is great. If you want to keep the, the Old Testament feasts, that is great. Go right ahead. If you say, you know what, I don't want to do that. I just want to glorify God with my life every day. I want every day to be a holy day. Well, that is great also, because that's what he says in verse 5. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. We'll talk more about that next time, because Paul talks more about that. Talk to you soon.